0: what's up guys thank you for tuning in for this week's mid convo episode i have a special guest this week her name is jade dharma wangza she's a young entrepreneur crushing it in the social media game so without further ado let's roll intro music and get right into it Coming on to the Mid Convo podcast, it's like a video podcast, okay. I'm pulling the audio and it's going to be audio and oh, video, sick. but uh, yes, tell us about yourself, where you're from, what you do, what you're good at.
1: For sure, thanks for having me, Ed, I'm so excited to, to be here, um, I am an entrepreneur, I'm a 17-year-old um, social media um, marketer, you could say, and I've been helping people with their social media um, on my YouTube channel, so basically, I started out using, you know, similar to you, at I I worked in film and videos and making videos for brands, and I was like, "This is valuable." So I've been teaching that on my channel. Um, a lot of people are surprised when they hear I am a high school dropout. Um, so I did drop out when I was 16, and now I currently run um, a social media consulting company.
0: Wow, that's a that's a lot of information. <laughs> it's a lot. You've, you've done that before. Doesn't mean that your first rodeo doing your intro, but that yeah. was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so today's podcast topic is actually when and where to start. And so um, just kind of keep that in mind, guys, as we're going throughout the podcast. If you're feeling a little lost on where you should be heading in life or your goals or your passions, this one's gonna be a good one. Um, Jade, you just basically mentioned that you were a high school dropout and you're 17. So you're obviously younger than most people, like the more entre- yeah. entrepreneurial space. Wait, wait,
1: hold up. How old did you think I was?
0: I honestly thought you were like 21. Yeah. 20, 21, you could probably pass as like 22, Definitely not 17. <laughs> it's like on the last, last yeah. thing that I was expecting. But um, h- how has that been for you? Like, is that, is that something that you feel like helps you or hurts you? Like, are you glad you got on early? Or do you wish sometimes you were like a little older?
1: It's really annoying. Not in a sense of like socially. I'm, I'm, I have accepted that people will look down on you when you're younger. And essentially even like a female, right? In this entrepreneurial niche. But the only thing that's actually like that puts me in a like crossroads is legal issues like I have to I can't book hotels I can't even like rent a car I can't even rent a car um, whenever I go to like a gym I have to my mom has to tag along like all my legal LLC <laughs> father's I can't have a credit card and I have all these like plain mileage tickets I can't even like you know count so it's legal issues at this point it's really annoying.
0: That's true, I didn't even think about that. There's so many things you can't do when you're 17. <laughs> even though your business is trying to get here, yeah. you're like, bro, I can't even get a hotel. I can't even get- Bro, uh, bro it's so funny, because like, whenever
1: I travel, it's like, I have to ask my mom to book it. <laughs> yeah. Yep.
0: It's like, I just got off a marketing call, consulting, but mom, can you uh, book my airfare ticket,
1: please? <laughs> so, no, no, it's like, when you get an invoice from a client, it's like, all right, mom's PayPal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's so funny. Awesome. Um, so, how did your parents feel about you Maybe you could talk about that a little bit. Like, how was that dynamic? I know we talked about briefly before we just started right. this podcast. Like, how you kind of got into this whole entrepreneurial space? Because if you're a college, if you're a high school dropout, um, you probably like it's hard for you to find knowledge. Like, where did you even start? You know what I mean?
1: I think when I started was making videos that are fun, and I started with videos that are fun when I was around nine years old, and I played with dolls, I kid you not, my first videos were films, and it was really weird because I didn't know what I was doing with storytelling, and I didn't know storytelling was so valuable until I turned around 14 to 15, mm-hmm. and I was still making videos for YouTube about dolls and makeup and, and transition to, obviously when you grow up, I hope you don't still play with um, you know, figurines, but I was, and I remember telling stories was super important, and you're a filmmaker too, right, so you know that like, it's so crucial to tell a story. So I realized not many people know how to do that. And I really started out, like my first instinct that I could start essentially a brand was when I knew my value. And my value was you know teaching you how to tell stories on social. But that didn't come around to like 14 or 15 because to be honest, when you're nine, it was fun, it was playful, it was a hobby. And I didn't think I could make money out of it, obviously. Um, so I remember I was just making, selling things online for fun. And I started out with passion but I was nine years old, so I think I wasn't really conscious of what you could do out of it.
0: Mm -hmm. So you weren't really aware of what it could become, but you kind of just started.
1: Dude, I don't even know what marketing was, because I didn't know what I was doing online, was Uh creating a video, telling a story, and then selling a product after, is brand marketing, is content. I didn't realize that until my dad looked at me, because my father um, also does a lot of um, entrepreneurial ventures. He has his own marketing company, and he looked at me one day, literally. He looked at me when I was like 15, he's like, Jade, what you're doing is valuable to brands. I was like, no, it's not making videos. It's not, you know, possible. And uh, they were supportive. I think my my parents, unlike most Asian traditional households, were weirdly enough supportive.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Like. To the point where your dad is like, okay with you dropping out of high school?
1: To the point where my dad was like, you can become the CEO in the next few years. Of his okay. Company.
0: So he like truly like instilled those beliefs in you like at a really young age.
1: Either that or he wanted to retire early so he can like float an <laughs> island, but right. So he can pay for everything. <laughs> He's like, we got a train train to train change to I can float, yeah.
0: That's so funny. Um, so how do you acquire, uh, oh actually before we get there, since you are starting while, while, while we're on the topic of age then, so obviously b- before you dropped out of high school, you're probably living a normal high school life. Right. And so like that talking about pivotal transition between like, oh, this could be a business. This is something I could run with. How did you deal with your peers like around you? Like, how did you overcome that? Cause I feel like a lot of people they're like, oh, well, uh, so-and-so is gonna judge me or like, this isn't what I should be doing at this age. Like, how did you just break through all that and then just go tunnel vision on what you're trying to do?
1: So tunnel vision is an interesting word because I think it means something different to everyone because for me it's, when I really decided, because I was supposed to go to USC film school, um, I wanted hey. to do, I know, I, I wanted to do very traditional media things. How did I go from going on the right path of being a good A student to dropping out of school? And my biggest answer um, has to be the fact that I wasn't really aware about the consequences. For example, I think what's really helpful, right now at least, is like entrepreneurship and dropping out isn't, It's not a lonely road at at this point because you see other creators like you doing it. I think what's helpful, it's like, it's been done. You're not weird, you're normal. Like, I think it's acknowledging that I'm not weird for wanting to leave school because then whenever you listen to voices that aren't, you know, supportive, you just like, you don't know what I'm dealing with because you aren't my tribe. So Mm -hmm. I think, honestly, did you you have a tribe? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I I felt that a lot. I mean, I definitely feel like it's not, it used to be lonelier, Yeah. but now it's like, when you deep dive more into whatever it is you're trying to do, you find this like niche community.
1: Did you have like a niche community too? Yeah,
0: there was, I mean, definitely not in the YouTube space early on, because obviously if you're watching someone, they're big enough where you're following them. So like, but in the early on, um, like, I did meet a, like a few creatives. How'd you
1: find them? Like Instagram?
0: Um, Instagram, mutual friends, really? and like basically not being not being bougie about like who you're meeting. Just being very open minded. Right. Early that's on, so like true. Being early Bro. on, just like have a humble attitude where it's mm. like, hey, we're all trying to grow in this together. Like I'm not better than you. You're not better than me. Let's like grow this thing together. And I think when that mind shift happened for me, right. That's when like things really started to like fall into place a little bit that, in terms of I, the niche.
1: I agree because I did get like a bougie. Because okay, so I credit all my you know, starting out with this, there's a group chat, okay? This group chat, we named it called the Young Hustlers. it's <laughs> cringy. It's so literally, it's Young Hustlers with a dollar sign instead of an S. Oh That's how cringy it was. Yeah. Okay. So shout out to Young Hustlers, if you're watching. But it was 10 people that are clueless as, you know, like heck, and we were all under 20. And we all were doing like social media marketing. Yeah, <laughs> and know, this right? was a year and a half ago. So it's still fairly fresh. It was when Ty Lopez was hot, now he's not, right? So, I remember that was a group chat. I don't know how I got invited, but I was talking to people just like me, doing what I wanted to do. There's something comforting in knowing that you're not weird. And it takes guts to go out there, because initially the only way I was able to be in Young Hustlers was when I DM people. I wasn't bougie, I was talking to people with no hashtag clout, right? It's all about understanding that if you want to grow as a person, um, you need to be able to be humble about it for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So where are you based out of?
1: Well, I was born in Los Angeles. Yep. I moved to Texas, and then I have my current home base in Portland, Oregon. But I travel currently back and forth from LA to mm-hmm. Portland.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you feel like the geographical location that you're in plays a big part of like, how successful you can be? Because a lot of people have dm me. Well, I, I asked that question yeah, because in terms of the filmmaking side, oh, like, yeah. a lot of people are like, dude, well, I don't live in a mainstream city. I live like in the middle of the country and there's nothing out here. And I need to move to like LA. I need to move to New York. I need to move to Seattle. And I half agree with that, um, especially when it comes to content creation. But a lot of people get stuck there because they're like, I need to move to grow. And I don't necessarily agree with that. What are your thoughts on like your location and where where you're starting basically?
1: I think it honestly depends what your goal is. If your goal is to collaborate with people face-to-face, then maybe it's a good idea to move. But if your goal is to make a presence online, make videos, There's nothing in that equation that requires you to be in a location. This is what I think. I think too many people require their success and resources and where they're at. But when you really think about the truth of a business is having less and making more out of it. If you had everything, the best film camera, the best location and like the best team of like the idea of business isn't there because you're taking all the risk out of it. If you look at the word, I mean, a lot of I know creatives don't like this word, but you're technically an entrepreneur you're making your own business. And the word entre, if you look at the Latin root, it says the ability to take risk. Like, entre means risk. So if you're like really pulling out risk out of the equation, you're not truly diving in deep. Too many people are like bubble wrapping it. So what I have to say is, if your goal is to collaborate, maybe, but if your goal is to just make videos and do what you're doing, which is, you know, creating an online brand out of your passion, I don't think it requires it. And I think it's an excuse.
0: Interesting, that's a really good answer actually to my question. So Yeah, kudos for that. Um, so talking on like knowledge, um, you, like you clearly have some kind of <clears throat> like foundation built for certain marketing and social media like key terms that when you I learned mainly from like a textbook or a mentor. Obviously, um, I mean I went to school for digital marketing, but I don't really think. Other than, vocabulary, <laughs> other than vocabulary and like sounding fancy, I don't think I learned anything specifically to help me grow. Right. So um, how do you continue to like expand your mind? How do you continue to expand your knowledge? Even though you may ha- not have like the typical, you know, associate's, bachelor's, master's degree, but in the space that you're in, which is digital marketing and social media, it's constantly changing, it's constantly evolving. Mm-hmm. How do you adapt with the times? Like where where are your resources in order to like grow yourself as a entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, I mean, we were talking about this earlier. Uh-huh. Like, I'll be honest, I do not come from a rich family and I don't come from, I'm an only child. So like, it's very minimal. And I remember like one of my biggest Hardships when I was growing up was not being able to do what I wanted like violin lessons or dance because I couldn't afford it I Truly believe that like the honest answer is I fail fast I think one of the things I live by is like whoever fails the most um, Learns the most and essentially wins and I was like what because I what I remember was the reason why I'm learning my vocabulary or tips and tricks is because I was not afraid to fail so like for example I went on multiple shoots um, with brands that I used to work for, and I would delete all our content, accidentally screw up, and I wasn't afraid. Actually, that's not a good um, example. <laughs> do not delete your client shoots. But I was thinking I wasn't afraid to, you know, initially get to that point, because a lot of people fear, like, deleting their content. Like, they fear, but they don't actually do it. So I would acknowledge the fear. I went out there, I, I messed up. Um, but then I learned that, okay, bring seven SD cards and bring, you know, another hard drive, please. <laughs> yeah. And another example is like, I screw up a lot of meetings, like, my vocabulary wasn't as polished, because I, I've actually, if you scroll through my videos, I actually have an accent, do you have, a, like, an, I know you're, mm. you speak, maybe, do you speak no, Korean?
0: No, I speak Korean, I'm bilingual, but,
1: You never had an accent? Know. When you I, grew up, you had I never an heard accent.
0: that, at least. Really? Yeah, I never heard that. I never went to, like, ELL, I, I never what? went to, like, yeah, I, like, I learned English at the gate, and then my mom didn't want taught me Korean. It was, like, the other way around. It was, like, oh. English, and then my mom
1: Okay, that makes me. sense. Yeah. Are you an only child?
0: Uh, No, I have a brother. Oh, your brother? Only brother, two kids.
1: Okay, so I guess I had no siblings to tell me like English slang. So I actually have a, I had a thick Indonesian accent, Um, you scroll back and I was like a little weird and awkward. But I think, again, I failed fast, I made videos that were uncomfortable, I learned how to speak on camera. And now a lot of people say like, whoa, you enunciate every single syllable, how'd you do that? So, um, fail fast, seriously, just fail as fast as you can and get up.
0: Mm -hmm. So you think like experience essentially is like the best teacher? Do you agree yeah, with that term?
1: I hundred percent. And if you're lucky, and if you're lucky, the reason why I don't mention this, uh, you know, immediately about having like your parents as your mentor is because I know not everyone has um, that support system. Mm-hmm. Personally, for me, I did have my father um, really helped me throughout my marketing terms. One of the stories I was telling you is like I used to like attend my dad's meetings. He would literally tag, let me tag along when I was fourteen um, of his client meetings when he was talking to brands. And I would just see that face to face of what use, what words to use. How is your body posture? Are you speaking slow? Are you breathing? And I was like, whoa, these are things I never knew. But the only way I learned was actually being there because my dad, um, and this is, this is luck has to do with it, but um, I know not everyone has that. So I would say it's a combination of luck and failing fast.
0: Mm-hmm. And then obviously the people you're surrounded by. That's right, right, part right. Of right. It. Yeah. So um, going on to kind of like the next question, would be a lot of times people will think that where they are they're not seeing growth they're like oh this is too hard like my video's not blowing up or Mm -hmm. I'm like actually not good at this and it's like the very first month maybe they're starting something so they're like oh maybe this isn't for me like a lot of (laughs) self-doubt a lot of like confidence killers kind of thing um I've seen a lot of people who are good at what they do they're really good at what they do but then they ask themselves like I don't really think this is, like, my thing. I don't know if I'm good at it. Is that normal, like, in your opinion? Like, do you need to have some growing pains? Or, like, if you're passionate about something, you should be, like, super good at it out the gate. And be like, oh, my gosh, you're, like, born to do this. Oh, talent. I mean, like, that's you what... know what I mean? Like, born with talent or is talent made kind of thing?
1: Um. Oh, this is a tough question. It's like, the chicken or the egg? I mean, her... I think everyone's creative. It's just society, like masks it and it, some people stand out. I mean, I have a question, cur- just curious. Like, do you think that when you first started out with videos, were you good at it? Oh, heck no. 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 Like, this is the thing. I'm gonna quote Seth Godin on this. I'm a huge marketing lover. So he said, and this is something that like changed my life. You never tell a plumber that you're bad at, you're, you're bad at plumbing toilets, right? Right, because like essentially it's just plumbing. I think the problem right now is, people have creator's block or writer's block or growth block on Instagram. Like the algorithm's not working, right? And I'm like, that's not the problem. And the problem is like no one says you have plumber's block, right? You just plumb a toilet. So I think what Seth Godin was saying was like the reason why people don't succeed is not because they have creator's block when they can't think bigger. It's because they're not abil- they're not able to create things that are imperfect. Because when you're perfecting yourself, you're filtering, you're trying to make everything perfect. I just spat everywhere, right? We could cut that out, but we're not. So like, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think it's like that. It's like you don't tell a plumber that you're not you're not your plumber's block. So I think the truth of it is not talent. It's like the ability to do repetition. And like you said, didn't you say something about how you believe in grit? And oh, I yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. I totally believe in the fact that um in order to grow in the beginning it's all about I, I, this took me a while to learn though like i definitely agree with the fail fast cuz that was a lot of my beginning when mm-hmm. i first started and but, i mean now i quit my job and i'm doing what i love but um He's yeah an entrepreneur. Low key, self gas self gas self gas no but seriously though like i think something i learned was um obviously failing fast but right. consistency um, cohesiveness and then grit. Like those are the three things that I really stand by. It's because a lot of times people don't, they're not thinking long-term. They're thinking like, why is my day not productive? Why is my month not crushing it? Why is my year? Why did I not quit my job this year? But it's like, those are such like big goals that you need to like work towards long-term. So every day that you wake up, if you just, have a cohesive look across the board, whether you're a personal brand, whether whether you run an actual business with a product or you're a service, if you're cohesive across the board and people can recognize your work from a mile away, that's important. And then having that happen all the times, like consistency, and then having the grit when you're not getting the views, when you're not getting the likes, are you still producing content? And I think a mix of those three together are like, I guess like this magic potion that people like to believe in.
1: Wait, go back. I heard grit before, I heard consistency. What does cohesive mean to you? Like, I've um, never heard that before. Like, does it mean, like, co- having a theme?
0: Yeah, so, like, the best way I can, like, relate it to, I probably would be, like, Instagram feeds. I mean, that's just an example, right? Yeah. Like, you've seen what a super ugly, like, not really, like, thought-out Instagram feed looks like. Yeah. Um, and then you've seen ones that you, like, as soon as you click on, you're like, holy crap. This is, like, so polished. Everything looks so good. It, like, matches so well. And that's what I mean by cohesiveness. People should okay. feel like that about your about you, about your brand.
1: How do you explain pages that are like the egg? Oh. The
0: <laughs> Wait, can we talk egg? about the, the The world famous <laughs> egg?
1: Like, Dude, I, there's no theme, there's no grit, okay. there's no consistency. I'm going gonna, I'm
0: gonna to check that we're recording first. Okay. So I got to make sure we're recording because this, this is like. This is like all right,
1: where were we? The,
0: the egg. egg, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's let's talk about let's talk about the egg a little bit. You're talking about like, the world record egg that the, got more well, likes than Kylie Jenner has, like the current world record for the most liked photo on
1: Instagram. Yeah. So yeah, for everyone who has been living underneath a rock, or should I say like egg, um, there's this <laughs> Instagram account Do you know Who's who's it run by? Do you know? Has anyone ever told anyone?
0: Uh, I think there was actually like a um, Times article on really. The person. I think his name's like Eugene Egg. Or maybe that's his nickname now. This I don't know. This
1: guy, he, he Kylie Jenner, we love her. She has the most liked photo of eighteen million likes. This egg beat it. What is that? It's like 30, thirty. It's
0: like thirty-five now. Thirty-five million. That's and like insane. Verified,
1: Double. and this is only in a week or two weeks or something. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned like that you think consistency, grit, and like all this is important, long term. So yeah. how do you explain the egg? that's a
0: really good question
1: I mean, <laughs> or like not even i but it's short the people who blow up right because a lot yeah, of people yeah, look yeah. at that that's the reason why we're so short term i think because we look at the egg
0: no for sure and that's a good question i i think that's a question we could both discuss in the sense that there's definitely a strategy behind how the egg blew up. Like ideas, obviously, yeah. obviously it's an egg, but speaking from like a digital marketing, social media perspective, there's definitely some strategies and reasons and psychological behaviors yeah, on I'm, why oh, that just egg blew up. I right? have some assumptions, but yeah. why? what's your so, digital
1: marketing philosophy?
0: My philosophy on that is like, I think it just has to do with the aspect of virality. I mean, it's a term that gets thrown around a lot. It's like, oh, viral, going viral, right. like this video blew up. Like, right. But I mean right. like virality is actually, a, I think it's actually, really really real um in my opinion <laughs> really? so let me just like hit on that a little more basically i think that there are things that can go viral um and not everything can be that way but when you have enough traction on something with the right audience right. to begin with like okay. from the get-go right. then it can go then it can quote unquote blow up right. so i think for the egg for example i think early on i'm sure he did something to pull the right amount of people together right. to promote it, right. um, and then it just kind of snowballed effect, right? I think hitting your target early on on what you're trying to do and where you're distributing your content uh, has a big factor of where it's gonna go in the next months or weeks or whatever. So I think like basically how you start and who you're di- like where you're distributing your your content and distribution. distribution. Like
1: even if it's one picture, yeah. of a freaking egg.
0: Because I'm sure there's you know <laughs> certain people who were talking about that egg that we might think that like, oh, they just came across it, but I'm sure he reached out to a bunch of accounts like, hey, we're trying to get this egg (laughs) to blow up. And then someone who has a lot of, you know, social following, clout, whatever you want to call it, they talked about it and that's what got the snowball effect going. A lot of times people are trying to show content or like sell their product to the wrong audience and that's why it never blows up or does well because it's not the right Target demographics, not the right audience.
1: Um,
0: and then eventually gets to a point where, like, when it does so well, it doesn't even matter who your target right. audience is because everyone is your target audience at a certain it's point. Mainstream. Exactly. I have
1: a point to go in conjun- conjunction with that. So my theory of why the egg blew up: it's two things. Okay. I made a video about this, but people didn't believe me. It, where did you find the egg? Where'd you find the egg? How did you find
0: it? Oh, Instagram. I mean. What part?
1: What parts? What feature?
0: Stories. Story share. True. Right? True, true.
1: Well, I think what people really miss over is the discovery of where you find the egg (laughs) is instagram stories of a typical influencer you click on it and you land on the page and i think what happened is that's your initial discovery right the top the hardest thing for creators to understand is like how do you get discovered so the initial finding is like through stories and shares but how do people really like and convert because a lot of people get the attention but they don't know how to convert it right because anyone can share it I think the egg did so well is because they picked in their bio it says kylie jenner has the most like photo we're trying to beat it and mm-hmm. kylie jenner is just one of those people that you just want to like you just hate her because she's too perfect like you know like you can't beat a you know self-made billionaire you know she's amazing we love her but you just want to crush her you know what i mean uh, it's like those girls of, like those mean girls in high school where you just never really you know so i think because the concept was so chat like it, the the challenge for us psychologically is to always beat someone who's number one, mm. you just your your initial thing is like we have to do it. And they you, you get all your forces, you tag your friends, so like we gotta beat this Kylie Jenner. So I think it's truly it's a combination of discovery of the consumer. But the reason why I did so well is just because we we all securely just want to beat the number one. Because mm-hmm. if we're not number if someone's number one and unstoppable, we don't like that because yeah. we feel insecure.
0: So where how could you apply that same theory? <laughs> We just really dissected that egg <laughs> so deep, dude. Oh my goodness. Well, we have talked th- about a viral egg <laughs> I'm for just like, sleeping and, like really like. Why did the egg blow up? Nailed on that so hard. Um, so how do you apply that then? If you're a creative, if you're an entrepreneur, Right. how do you like. You have more room to speak on this than me because you've kind of figured it out what works for you. Then how do you use that same theory for the egg but apply it to um, mm. anyone who's listening?
1: I mean, honestly. Uh, the, the first part is simple, right? You have to get people to share it, discovery, make good connections with your friends. I think a lot of times, like, when you first made your first video, like, maybe you asked your best friend to share it on a story, right? Mm-hmm. I think the hardest thing is, how do you get those people, whoever sees it, to convert? Because anyone can, like, there's a, there's a reason why there's so many ads on your screen, but no one clicks on it. The hardest thing, you're a marketer, right? You know, like, the click is the hardest thing. Yeah. Um, honestly, I think... for sure. Um, it's the idea that just like the egg had a challenge, you need to drive some sort of emotion in your audience. So when you look at the egg, you don't. What is your like? I'm. What's your first reaction? Just curious. When you see the egg, what did you do? Did you laugh? Did you? What did you do?
0: I definitely laughed.
1: because
0: like, it's an egg. Like, yeah, it's literally an egg. Yeah.
1: So, you laughed. Uh, and it drived you to click. Did you like it? Mm-hmm. Did you share it?
0: I didn't share it. I didn't share it. it. I liked it. You liked it. I didn't share it though. Did you follow? <laughs> I didn't follow either. I just liked it. Like, okay, that's so Which of, is what was the objective, that's right? Good.
1: Right. Did it's, you like, comment? it's like funnel. No comment? It's like funnel, right? Funnel, like, right. How
0: deep can they go? Okay,
1: so for Ed, he he just did the bare minimum. Yeah. I ended up, follow, I ended up, follow. <laughs> I didn't follow the egg. I guess following me is my only. Um, but I, what I remember is the more emotion you can drive out of people, the more deeper the action. So, for example, if Ed laughed, teared eyed, talked to his friends, he would probably share, follow, and then um, comment. Mm-hmm. But he giggled, so he liked. So I think if you're able, what I would do for a creator is literally get like a few friends and I want you to look at their face when they watch your video. If they're just doing this, you can't hear this in the podcast, but if they're not like doing nothing, right? <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. If they don't say anything, you need to be able to drive some sort of emotion because that drives action. For me personally, I think it, if you're having a film, can you make someone cry? That's the biggest emotion. If you're doing comedy, make someone laugh. If you're doing uh, tutorials, can you make someone inspired? Mm-hmm. So truly, emotion drives action, mm-hmm. and I think too many stories are, too many. Going back to storytelling, like I think it's all montages at this point. Like everyone's putting the same song, the same outro music, um, and what's the hardest thing is how do you make people feel things?
0: Mm-hmm. Like on that same topic of pulling emotion <laughs> and you know creating valuable content or just like really good storytelling, how? how much of the mix do you think there needs to be the aspect of like what's trending what's like what's gonna do well in the algorithms like because I know a lot of creatives especially in the filmmaking space where they're like you know I'm gonna stay true to my art I don't care if it does well in the algorithms I'm gonna stay true to I like who I am but like I guess what is the split right like if you're trying to grow a business and you are wanting to become a freelancer and entrepreneur do you stay true to who you are all like 24 7 or do you need to like implement some kind of like you know i don't like to use the word clickbait but you know like implementing very viral like what's proven to work in the past like thumbnails right. um seo like or do you just focus strictly on your pa- on your passion and then hope that people see the value in just like how good you are
1: so we all have those friends Actually, if you're listening to this right now and you're those people, I love you. <laughs> uh, but we all, we all know someone that's like, I don't care what the social media algorithm. I'm, like, I'm just gonna post. I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And like, no, Bob, you're you're not doing so well. We gotta we gotta help you. And he's like, nope. This is my art. I think a lot of it does come dry from ego, right? Like, if you're not able to, it's not that. I mean, personally, for me. It, can, let's let's define a middle, right? Can you do one video that does well and one that's an art? And you go back every other. I used to do that when I had my first YouTube channel. I would make videos about films and then I would make a tutorial because I know how to's do really good in search results. So you can do one for me, one for you. And I don't think that's a bad idea. I think that when people can't compromise um, a good even split, I think it's ego at that point. You had to ask yourself, why am I not able to get views? And essentially like you want to build an audience, right? So like, why do people not care? And you have to be honest with yourself. It's probably because people aren't searching for those things. And um, at that point you have to be real yourself and you're like, why am I here? Am I just doing it as an art? Because if it's an art, that's fine. But if your goal is to make money, you have to be really empathetic to your audience. <laughs> So for me, I don't know if it's 50-50, do you see it as 50 or what do you think? I, I think, think so, number I think as I like,
0: deep dive more into it, it's definitely something that I've had to give, had to give up a little more, which right. is like the art side of things. Like, How do you deal
1: with perfectionism? Okay, because I have creator friends mm-hmm. and the number one thing is I can't hit publish.
0: Yeah, I, I, I definitely feel that. There have been times where I, like, I shoot a video almost like 85% of the way, and I'm like, oh, I, need, I still need to like get this and this and this. And right. before you knew it, I promised people on Instagram I'm gonna post it on Monday, and then it's like three weeks go by, and I'm like, right. here's the upload. And I'm like, dude, that wasn't even worth it. I should have just ha- posted what I had like the next day when I had right. it. Um, so perfectionism, I think for me how I view it is, um, it's definitely not attainable. I don't think it's real. Like,
1: yeah, perfectionism right. is
0: not real. Right. Um, I'm saying again, like perfectionism is not real because um, you're constantly growing. So how can what you're creating today be perfect? That that would mean.
1: Oh, I got to take a sip of water. That was yeah, fun. like that. That would
0: <laughs> that would mean that. Like, are you saying that? it just won't be perfect in a year because you want to grow as a creative. You want to grow as an right. entrepreneur. You want to grow as an individual. Right. Are you saying that in a one year, what you produce is no longer like what you produce today, what you deem perfect is no longer perfect when you're better in a year. Um, so I guess like for me, perfection is not attainable because mm-hmm. you're constantly growing unless if you get to a point, honestly, where you're like, this is what I realized. This is why I just always hit publish now because if I get to a point where I'm like, I'll be proud of my video. I'm like, dang, that was, that was a solid video. That was a solid edit. But I never say like that was perfect because when I say that was perfect it leaves me no room for growth I'm like I I automatically tick on my mind like I don't have to grow because this is this is perfect but that scares me like that that should scare you because you should be constantly finding things that you critique in your content or whatever you're doing to to make it better and that's the only way you're going to sustain a business a personal brand a social media following or anything anything of that sort
1: I mean let's be real here if you're constantly critiquing yourself because we're all important traits of being a better person, when does it become too far when you're just being not compassionate to yourself and you're just being like, this could be always better and nothing's ever enough? Mm -hmm. Because I, personally for me at this point, um, I've, you know, I just finished like um, a couple meetups in Asia and I was like, I toured in Europe and like, what's the next thing? I'm like, what's the next? And then like, you're never fulfilled because even if I have like an event, why am I not happy? So personally, I'm also, that's like an internal battle I'm having, which is like, what's enough? At this point, what is enough, Jade? Mm-hmm. Do you ever have that moment when you're like, this is not enough?
0: All the time. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's like the toxic. Same thing as perfe- perfectionism, I guess. Like, I guess I'm, for me, it's like a mindset shift. Like right. mindset is so important because using using. Uh, so my friend Dave, um, Dave Petit, he's like from Australia, but he's a super co- talented content creator, and he told me that there's actually a word called eustress. So there's stress, and then there's eustress, stress, which is EU before stress. Okay, it's like what does eustress. stress. Basically, you know how stress people like get overwhelmed, they like break down. stress is basically using stress to your advantage.
1: Oh, wait, tell me more. This sounds good.
0: Yeah. So basically like using stress to your advantage in a positive way. Um, so that's kind of the, uh, I adopt that mindset when I'm creating content. I'm hmm. like, I see something wrong in my video once after I've hit published or after I do some kind of client work, I use that as like motivation. I use that as like, that stresses me out that that's not perfect, but okay. I'm going to use that as that's fuel. Good. I'm going to use that to like make me better instead of the opposite, which is like getting down on myself, like feeling less mm, self-worth, right. right? So how do you deal with like, when you don't feel good about a piece of content? How do you deal with it when people are telling you that it's awesome though? But you know, <laughs> you know that you could have done better. Like, how do you deal with that?
1: Well, that happens a lot in videography. I remember when I used to do photography. Um, at that point, you have to okay, in a business sense, right? If someone's paying you money for a project, your only job is to give them value, right? Once you accomplish the value and they're happy, why move forward? Because at that point, that's energy you can spend on creating the next thing. Mm-hmm. So I use that analogy with my clients because I realize you put, you're, you're going to be the hardest one ever on yourself. So I think it's accepting that everyone is actually going to probably give you the thumbs up and you have to be the, what reason, the reason why you're hard on yourself is the same thing for motivation. So I think it's like, um, whenever I feel, honestly, I haven't had that in a while. I think the clicking thing was like, my job is to give value to the audience. That's where my, for me personally, that's where I feel like it's successful or not. Am I delivering a value? When it's a business, that's what you have to be thinking towards. When it's an art, it's for yourself. There's a quote, I don't know if you heard about it, it's really geeky, but it's like, the death of the author is the birth of the reader. Mm. When you make art, that's your perception. That's your baby, right? It's what you created. When it's interpreted, because art is perceived like okay, this is a plant. You can't see this, but <laughs> this is a plant. And someone might say, no, it's not. It's a green, um, crispy thing. So what you happens is your brain makes assumptions based on your past experiences, and everyone has different experiences. So you understand, like, your when you hit publish, it's the the death of your um, perception and now it's going to be someone else's it's going to be someone Mm. else's experiences and that quote really hit me hard because i'm just like it's almost like you're killing a part of yourself because your art is so you know valuable to you and you have to accept that and it happens with every author people interpret it differently because of their experiences so that's where i have to say like okay i can't help but you know say almost this is dead like this is going to be rebirth in someone else's eyes
0: yeah and someone's going to utilize it in a different way than you had intended it
1: could be good it could be bad but that's life
0: totally. All right, last question um, last question is is the hustle hustle um, mindset like the quote unquote grind I hate that word but the grind is that real? like like the day to day where you like don't sleep, you don't take care of yourself like you just gotta have that grit for years until you make it to where you want to be.
1: I don't think so. But here's the thing, it depends who you're talking to. I think I know maybe your audience might be diverse where you're creators and you, someone needs a kick in their butt. So in that case, yes it is. But I think the idea is, the. Okay, wait, where did you hear that grind? Like, just curious, where did you hear this mindset from? Actually Gary Vee. Gary Vee, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, So we obviously signal Gary Vee and Chuck who's, you've seen his thing on Instagram. If you haven't, then you haven't been on the Explore page, right? So um, <laughs> that's where you he hear it from. But you really have to understand, who is he talking to? most of his audiences that he the reason why he says that is because he's talking to like a 20 year old college guy who doesn't know what he's doing a girl right and that's who he's talking to and that's perfect advice everyone else this is horrible advice so i think you have to understand that sometimes you have to take whatever guru's thoughts in perspective because they're typically talking to one type of specific niche so for everyone else that's not a lazy person that needs help finding purpose in life but you know most of us at, at least at this point, you know, you're watching this video where you have passion or a sense of curiosity. And I think this is horrible advice. Take care of yourself. I, you know, I was talking to Ed about this, but like, I love working out. I sleep eight hours. I make sure I um, eat really healthy. And there's very good things about <coughs> having the right fuel. Yeah. Do you agree?
0: I, I, I agree. Yeah, no, totally. I, I definitely learned that this year though, like this past year. Tell me about your
1: burnout story. Like, uh, when were you burnt out? Or why were well, you? Well, there's a
0: lot of times where I was burnt out, but mainly it gets to a point where, um, I was in an unhealthy place, like social media. Like I'd be like looking at my numbers, looking at followings oh. that like leads to burnout. Cause I'm like, is what I'm doing even like worth it? Like,
1: what was all, that like long, uh, long uh, ago?
0: Early 2017 like mid 2018. Mid That's pretty recent. Yeah, though. recent. And then when I quit my job is when I felt like I'm trying to run with this like momentum, which is what I'm mm, doing right now. Okay. But um, yeah, I definitely think burnout is real. And then you get that from that fake hustle hustle mindset that like art is preached like in the media. So I definitely think there's like a balance between work-life balance, right? Like we heard that a lot, work-life yeah. balance, but it's true though. You can't be like, I'm trying to do this new goal for 2019, which is by by March, I'm not even trying to say tomorrow because it's, yeah. it's hard for me, but by March, I want to get to a point where by 8 p.m. I unplug, like oh, I it. take off my phone, I like read a, I'll like read a book or like, have a dinner with like family or thing like that. Like I'm trying to unplug by 8 p.m. Cause right now my optimal productivity time is literally like 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. I'm like, You said like my
1: other, yeah.
0: I'm up like in the middle of the night. Um, and then I'm like, my ambitious self is like, I'm gonna wake up at 5.30 a.m. Bro, tomorrow. you're gonna die. And then like, so, and then that's like, I try to do that every single day cause I'm like trying to hustle and that's then a, I get burnt out. Did so. that happen to you actually? Yeah, it always. It, what
1: happens when you're burnt out? Are you just like a vegetable and you're like,
0: um you feel very uninspired mm. uh, I guess burnout is different for everyone but for me it's like I'm not hitting the gym I'm not like taking care of myself I'm like not preparing meals I'm do you just become like meaner eating.
1: like do you become a little bit more yeah agitated? yeah definitely
0: like I become like you know how you become hangry when you're like hungry you're like, just hangry your 24-7 yeah I'm just like <laughs> I'm just a little bit irritated like right. the slightest things can trigger me where I'm like if someone is like doing successful or doing well instead of being happy for them I'm like bro <gasps> like uh, I'm annoyed by that I think like
1: you have to understand why you're hustling. Why did you hustle so much? Exactly. Why, like why?
0: Mm, oh, you're asking me the yeah, question. Yeah, like
1: why are you hustling so
0: Um, much? For me, I guess at the time I was trying to quit my job.
1: Were you trying so, to prove something to someone or your parents or what was the truth
0: of it? Definitely, there is, right. a, there is a part of like trying to prove something to someone or something, but it's funny because that's actually like fake. I, I know that that's fake but I do it anyway like I try what? to like prove something to someone because for me at the end of the day like I'm doing it for me okay but then I use the idea of proving something to someone <laughs> as, as, you fuel, manipulative as fuel as fuel as <gasps> fuel okay, okay. where I'm like I'm gonna prove it to okay, everyone okay so you use
1: that as a context yeah okay.
0: yeah but I don't actually believe in that like to the core like I'm out here to like show someone up but I do use that mindset that like idea as fuel to like keep going, and keep pushing.
1: I mean, I, so one of my clients I do uh marketing for as a kombucha company and I was talking to like the founder and we were telling, like, why is it that after middle class, which in America I would say I don't know actually, it could be different in each state, but you know, like if you make a hundred K, like sixty hundred K, like you're set. That is good money. But everyone's pressuring you to make millions, gajillions, and billions. And what happens is why is it? Middle class is happiness, but after middle class the lifestyle isn't, you know, like, what's what are you hustling for? So whenever I was talking to this, I'm like, I think the, com- the economy runs based on how many people buy. And if people think it's not enough, they're going to buy. And they're going to buy. And they're going to like a photo. They're going to do this. And you're going to compare yourself. So I really think, like, true happiness is not having more money. It's being content, right? So my biggest thing is, like, hustle till you get a place where you are content and you're fine. Because you're doing and You're providing for your family, etc. But after that... It's really about like using what you have and giving because there's nothing more fulfilling than, you know, the idea of like, you don't need to accumulate wealth to hold and hoard. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just so scary because personally for me, like the reason why I say this at a point of heart is because my um, father, um, he grew his company like to $2 million in two months. He had a software company. We used to live in LA. And I remember um, my dad had to close down the business, but I wasn't, I was too young at this time, but I heard him say to me like, Jade, like at the time, I couldn't close it because I was waiting six months because I could save it. Because his ego is telling him to save the business, grow, grow, grow. But when you're spending 60K, like 100K a month on employees and rent and everything, and you're, you're making not that much, you're not making 100K a month, right? Over time, you're gonna head bankruptcy and we get to sell our home. And my dad said, I wish someone told me I could stop. I wish someone told me to stop hustling and just to surrender to the situation and circumstance. So for anyone out there, I'm not someone, I'm only 17, so I don't know the entire world, but speaking from my dad's experience, I think there's not not someone that's gonna say stop. Maybe if you believe in God or you believe in the universe, like it might happen naturally, but the truth of really being self-aware of where you're at is being able to understand that once you hit a point of sustainability, you need to understand that you have, there's nothing more perfectionism, like the perfect life and perfectionism is not real and it's same in like the finances like you think one million is enough it's not you think a hundred subscribers is enough it's not you hit you get thousand it's not right yeah, you're true, like when true. you wanted to hit thousand you were so pumped yeah yeah, yeah so my biggest advice is be self-aware right about what you're up to
0: that's good that's good i guess um there's two more questions but one of my last questions i thought that was my last question but i have one more yes on the right. topic of on the topic of subscribers right. Um, I'm aware that you were creator on the rise on YouTube a while back mm-hmm. um, so for people who are like trying to grow their platform on YouTube specifically right. um, because you're in this space what advice would you give in the sense like is it a long-term thing like is YouTube looking at how long you're gonna be like consistently posting <laughs> before they're like alright you know what i we're gonna promote this person because they're clearly doing it consistently is that a thing or
1: so YouTube's math right it's an algorithm so to answer your question is it like what's the best way to grow?
0: Yes, yeah. I guess, kind of. Okay. But like not like too elaborately, just like in a more simple right. It's way. watch
1: it's watch time. Because YouTube doesn't care about how many videos that you post consistently. It helps when you post because you learn how to make better videos, right? It's watch time. It's how what's the retention of people staying? Because as you guys know, we scroll really fast on Instagram. If you can hold someone's attention for four minutes on YouTube, Ten minutes, even you're done, and the algorithm's gonna promote it. It's retention. It's, it's it's the span of how long can you hold someone. That's it. So my thing is like, if you're a better storyteller, it'll help. If you're a better person of keeping people on their edge so they don't click away, that really helps. And especially in audio, if you're good at, sh- you know, going really interesting topics and people don't leave. And if you're here right now, we have done our job successfully. <laughs> but um, that's the hardest thing. Yeah, Repetition and consistency is a byproduct of when you're able to st- tell stories, right? Solid, yeah.
0: I just, I was curious about that because I'm sure there's people who are listening and watching who are like, yeah, but like YouTube is like, no, nah, I don't know. Algorithms, blah, blah, blah. La, so la, la. <laughs> that, that was helpful. All right, last question. What are your goals? What are your goals Ooh. for um, 2019? Cause who knows, we might be like a 2.0 podcast and I want to like revisit your goals, oh my God. So.
1: I don't know. This is, so. I don't know if I should say it because it's really scary. Well, like, give us like your top,
0: <laughs> I know you, I'm sure you have a lot of ambitious goals, yeah. but give us like your top like two. Like by the time 2019 is over, what two things are you like, dude, I want to be able to like look back on those and be like, I crushed those.
1: I believe this with my heart. I don't know when. So I want to help a thousand people make their first $1,000 and make a career out of their passion. So in perspective, that's like a million dollars in total generated. So I believe that's gonna happen. I don't know when, mm-hmm. that's my first goal. To so
0: like education. Education,
1: Yeah. Um, if you're curious, I have um, I'm working on a platform. Have you heard of PBJ? Have you heard
0: of it? Kind of might have heard about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's
1: Personal Brand Journey. Yeah. And I want to, I believe in it, not because I want to make myself famous, but I really believe in helping others. Because similar to you and I, like, I want to share this through the world. Uh, the second thing I want to do um, is take my parents. I want to like, honestly, my parents are really stressed out. I think they're feeling a little burnt out because they're trying to invest in the company and everything. Yeah, yeah. I want to get them, my dad's been, weirdly enough, he's wanting in RV. So, like, I think I just want to get him, like, a little A-liner, ship him away into, like, Arizona, so he can chill with my mom. So, honestly, get an RV. Those are expensive,
0: bro. Yeah, yeah, they are, they are. It's such a... so You want to give back to your parents. Go back to
1: my parents and company. Yeah, and, pers- like, personal goals. Dude, I actually really just want to, like, dive into music again. Like, I play you violin. Should. You should, you heard me play violin a little bit. I, I kind of, like, on, on, like, on a mutual
0: friend story, but, <sighs> yeah.
1: I, I want to play violin more. That's it.
0: I'm excited for that. Cool. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Where can people go to find your stuff?
1: If you want to check out more and learn more about social media, my at is Jade Dharma wangsa. If you type in Jade, just Jade in like maybe Ed's followings or on YouTube, it should pop up. <laughs> I'm this Asian girl that talks about social media. So you should find this face.
0: <laughs> Solid. All right, guys, make sure to go check out Jade's stuff. She talks about like seriously crushing it on social media. And it's very like, to the point and um you guys will probably enjoy it without further ado i will end the podcast here
1: thank you so and, much and uh man.
0: yeah if you haven't subscribed to the podcast already i'm actually i've been promoting it on spotify i don't know why okay but guys <laughs> yeah. we're, we're gonna start promoting this on itunes now so okay
1: guys hold up if you are coming from anywhere you have to leave at five star review on itunes right yeah because, on because it helps him rank higher on the searches so if you like this podcast and you want to be successful make sure we're hit the five star, do it for us, okay? And also, Eddie, you have huge dreams and goals, so I'm excited for you, and thanks so much for having me. Cool,
0: awesome, solid.